Welcome to episode 48 of The Complete Works Season 3, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the Yeoh-verse is my friend, co-host, and fellow psychopath. Mike DiCrescio. How are you doing today, Mike? I am alive. <laughs> Sometimes that's as good as it gets. Uh, Mike D currently battling active COVID, I believe, active at the moment. Active COVID, yes. Right? <laughs> Tested positive a couple days ago, had a little, a little scratchy throat. On Friday, and I was like, I'm probably okay. And then I woke up Saturday, and I was like, man, I think I have a fever. I should probably take a COVID test. And then that <laughs> son of a bitch was positive. <laughs> That's how it is. Going to be working from home for the next week or so. Uh, so I apologize if there's any coughing, sneezing, sniffles, cough drop in my mouth sounds in the podcast <laughs> <laughs> for this episode. I'll do my best to mute. But, you know, sometimes a sneeze just sneaks up on you. Yeah, it's the way it happens sometimes. You're currently battling COVID, and I uh, just got home about 45 minutes ago from a 10-hour car ride. Uh, so we're both going to be at our best selves today. I think. So I think we'll just, if we can make 15 minutes, great episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it'll be slightly longer than that. But, yeah, I think, so. I think under an hour, I think we should try to aim for for uh, the Minions episode, right? Yeah, if there's any episode that deserves no time. It might be this one. It might be this one. Uh, well, actually, Mike, I'm going to add time to this. But before we begin today's episode, <laughs> I, wa I want to tell a story. <laughs> it's about a little boy named Gru. Uh, it is not about Gru. It's not about Gru or seeing Gru rise. Uh, it is oh. about my. It is my own personal experience with the minions. Uh, okay. Actually, uh, so I have been to Universal Studios in Florida twice. In my life, two okay. times. Have you been to Universal Studios in Florida, Mike? I have. I've been there a whole bunch of times. Uh, my grandparents used to live in Orlando, so we would go down and visit them. And then, of course, go to all the parks and stuff. Sure. So a whole bunch, but not in a really long time. Not since, you know, probably before high school. Okay, so the first time uh, that I went was in 2009, uh, which was one year before the release of Despicable Me. Got it. Uh, the second time I went was in 2012. Two years after the release of Despicable Me. Uh, now, <laughs> really a, a fulcrum point in the history of Universal. <laughs> Tru truly, yes, absolutely. Uh, now, Despicable Me, the first feature film from Illumination Studios, uh, was a big hit. Uh, it had a budget of just under $70 million, and it made over $500 million worldwide. And almost immediately, the thing people latched onto the most in that movie was the Minions. So... When I went in 2009, Minions did not exist. They were not a thing. As a concept. Yes, exactly. No one knew what a Minion was. When I went in 2012, it was clear the studio was going all in <laughs> on Minions. They were everywhere. There were dozens of people dressed up as Minions all across the park. There was merch and plushies in every store. There was a Minion parade. Uh, and there was already a Minion ride. Two years after the movie came out, there was already... <laughs> A wow. Minions ride, uh, which actually replaced the Jimmy Neutron ride. And I'm still pretty mad about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, and I very specifically remember my dad being very taken with the Minions. Like he he loved the Minions. He he had no concept of what they were until we got to the park in 2012. Wow. Uh, and so he loved the Minions uh, and was really into them. And when we got back home, 
he went into our Netflix disc queue, which uh, RIP, that's ending in a week, yeah. uh, and got a DVD of Despicable Me <laughs> so he could see where they came from. And I remember he and my mom watched it while I wasn't home. And I came back and asked him what he thought of the movie. And he was like, eh, it was fine. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> but Bob and Kevin, though. Uh, but Bob and Kevin, of course. Uh, but the Minions became nothing short of a cultural force. Uh, the Despicable Me movies continued, which already heavily featured Minions. Uh, and then they spun off into their own solo movie that was just called Minions in 2015. That movie made over $1 billion. <laughs> what? <laughs> and it is still the highest grossing movie in the Despicable Me series uh, to this day. Uh, so naturally... A sequel was developed, Mike. In, indeed, yes, there yes. Was. I mean, how could you not? The Minions movie made a billion dollars worldwide. You gotta, you gotta greenlight it, baby. I remember, um, yeah, be, being at Fye even a couple years after that. I guess twenty thirteen ish, maybe years when I started working there, and just every all the merch, the T shirts, the pl- everything. Oh even sure. At, in New York, in Fye, you know, was all Minions everywhere. For that. yeah, I mean, twenty thirteen would have also been the year of Despicable Me two coming out. Right. Uh, so it was definitely like a hotbed of Minions time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peak minion. Yes. Uh, so naturally, they developed a sequel. This one actually tied more into the Despicable Me movies uh, by telling the story of Gru's origin alongside the minions. Uh, it was originally scheduled to be released in July 2020. What do you think happened there? Whoops. <laughs> uh, COVID happened. They pushed it back to 2021. Uh, but kids movies uh, especially were still not performing all that well. So they ended up pushing it another year to July, 2022 when it finally came out. And since Michelle Yeoh is in it, we have to talk about it. It is time for minions. The rise of Gru. Good night. Good night. Yes, yes, yes. Good night. Good night. Minions. There are a lot of other villains in the world. I am going to be a super villain. This world is mine for the taking. Make me king as we move toward a new world order. This puny little child thinks he can be a villain. I am pretty despicable. I will teach you. So here I go with my son. Now you. This may be the only opportunity that I got. Ah, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Fire fight. <laughs> 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 Time's up. Oh, 
So Michelle Yeoh stars in Minions, The Rise of Gru as Master Chow, an acupuncturist who is also a kung fu master who helps the minions on their journey. Uh, Steve Carell reprised his role from the Despicable Me franchise as Gru uh, in this movie, a child growing up in the 70s who wants to be a great supervillain. Uh, all of the minions are played by Pierre Coffin, who has voiced them since the beginning and who was the co-director of the first four movies in the series, all three main Despicable Me's and the first Minions movie. So it's a real Arturist uh, <laughs> franchise, is what you're saying. Without Pierre Coffin uh, directing and starring in uh, these Minions movies, we might not have the Minions, so... We must we must be grateful, I guess. I, I don't guess, know. Yeah. Um, but he actually did not direct this one. Uh, so he, I'll talk about that in a little he bit. He just does the voices. He just does the voices. Yeah, he just okay. does the voices for this one. Uh, then you have Wild Knuckles, uh, Gru's favorite supervillain who becomes his mentor, who is played by Alan Arkin in his final film role. This I was wondering. The, this is the last movie that Alan Arkin will ever be in. It's Minions, The Rise of Gru. <laughs> Good for him. It's what he would have wanted. <laughs> That's how he wanted to go out. Yeah. <laughs> once he finished complete, once he completed work on Minions: The Rise of Gru, he was like, "And now I can call that a career." Yeah. <laughs> he said, it's time for me to shuffle off this mortal coil. <laughs> he said, "Minions," and he dropped a stuffy of Bob and <laughs> passed uh, passed on. Exactly. Uh, from there, uh, Taraji P. Henson plays Bell Bottom, the new leader of the Vicious Six. The rest of the Vicious Six includes Dolph Lundgren as Svengeance, Danny Trejo as Stronghold, Lucy Lawless as Nunchuck, and Jean-Claude Van Damme as Jean-Claude, which makes this a Kung Fu Panda 2 reunion. <laughs> Whoa. Very weird that Michelle Yeoh and Jean-Claude Van Damme, both notable action stars, have been in two movies together. <laughs> And they are both as voices in animated kids movies in like animated martial arts action movies. Yes, <laughs> that's so weird. Oh, we'll get into it, though. Anyway, yes, uh, definitely. So also reprising their roles from other Despicable Me movies. Uh, Will Arnett as Mr. Perkins, Steve Coogan as Silas Ramsbottom and uh, Russell Brand as Yikes. Dr. Nefario, <laughs> who uh, he's not been in the news for anything lately. So we can move right along. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, also, Julie Andrews is in this movie. Mary Poppins herself playing Gru's mom, Marlena. Uh, the biker that the minion, the minion Otto befriends is voiced by Riza of Wu-Tang Clan. I was uh, wondering who that was. Yep, there it is. And Wild Knuckles' three goons are voiced by John DiMaggio, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Jimmy O. Yang, which also makes this a Crazy Rich Asians reunion as well. Look at that. <laughs> uh, so Minions, The Rise of Gru was written by Matthew Fogel and directed by Kyle Balda, a former Pixar animator uh, who has been with Illumination since the beginning, who also co-directed the first Minions and Spickle Me 3. Uh, it was released on July 1st, 2022 and opened to number one that weekend and ultimately grossed over $900 million worldwide. So just short of the first movie. <laughs> Minions Fever is still at an all time high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't, can't you feel it? Yes. Uh, also opening that weekend uh, was Mr. Malcolm's List, a period drama with Frida Pinto, which did not make as much money. Uh, the rest of the top 10 consists of Top Gun Maverick, uh, still number two in its sixth week at the box office. Wow. <laughs> uh, still killing it. Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, which we talked about on this podcast, uh, The Black Phone, Lightyear. Everything, everywhere, all at once uh, at number eight in its 15th week of the box office. 
That's crazy. Good yes. for that movie. Yeah, an unbelievable box office run that movie had. And also Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which was number nine in its ninth week of the box office, which means everything everywhere overtook it in terms of just like legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, an Indian movie called Jug Jug Geo was number 10 at the box office. Um, but uh, yeah, cool to see everything everywhere is still hanging around there. It's always fun when the episode's back to back and you like the last movie we talked about is still around, you know. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So the IMD plot synopsis for Minions, The Rise of Gru reads the untold story of one 12 year old's dream to become the world's greatest supervillain. So, Mike D, going into Minions, The Rise of Gru, uh, I got to ask, are are you familiar with the Despicable Me series? Have you seen any of these movies? Uh, Did you do any research leading up to this podcast? Anything like that? um, Yeah, so I was familiar with the, obviously, you know, I don't think anybody could have not heard of the Minions by now, but yeah, just through cultural osmosis, and I have seen maybe Despicable Me 1 and 2, I don't remember, definitely the first one, because I do, like I said, I worked at FYE, and I remember, uh, um, maybe it was the second one, I I don't really, I don't remember which one, but one of them was on the, like, Blu-ray player in the store that we would have. One playing, of those movies, so, yeah. Know, it'd be like Frozen or whatever. Stuff like that would uh, be on there. Um, the parrot one. Rio, I think. Is that that movie? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, Rio. I don't think it was parrots. I think it was maybe Toucans? Toucans, yeah, whatever. One of those movies. But yeah, so it'd be like animated family films and stuff like that. It's Because it's they're rated G, and it wouldn't have to worry about what would be on there. And, they, and they'd play on a loop, and they'd just play over and over for weeks at a time. And you'd be like, I got to just finally watch this movie, right? Like you're just going insane, only paying attention to the same five minutes every two hours. (laughs) You're just like, what the fuck is going on? I believe this is how you also watch The Crudes. I think that's why this story might might seem familiar to uh, people who listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So Crudes is definitely one of those also. So I watched either Spickle Me one or two or maybe both. I don't really remember in that fashion. And then because of that. So and I remember they're being fine. Like, I don't know. I, I think there's like this, you know, we hit like such a cultural saturation point with the minions and everything and all that, that it's just like, I, you're, everyone is just repulsed by them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think they're ultimately just like fine. I don't know. They're okay. I guess. I don't, yeah. you know, I, don't, I, don't have, I, I feel like I definitely had like an adverse reaction to minions. Um, and they were kind of first happening. Like, you yeah, know, I, I was, you know, I saw that I went on the minions ride <laughs> Right. A Universal. It's a fun ride. Like I, I got it's no the Jimmy appeal. Neutron. Yeah, it's no Jimmy Neutron. It, it, what's weird is that the Minions ride is the exact same ride. They just like, you know, basically put like a new paint coat over it. Yeah, they put a new coat of paint over it. Uh, <laughs> and I know the Jimmy Neutron ride was replacing something else, which, which I think they did the same thing to. Um, but I remember like the ride, it like moves in the exact same way. It's just like, you know, they redid the entire thing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but the Jimmy Neutron ride was fun because it also took you through other Nickelodeon cartoons. Like there's a, a bit in the ride where you're on Jimmy Neutron ship and you're blasting through SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents and all that stuff. It was great. It was a good time. I nice. miss it. Uh, and now I think it's still the Minions ride. <laughs> it probably is. There's probably a lot more Minions uh, stuff since 2012 when you were there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was me going into Rise of Gru was like, yeah, OK, whatever. Uh, I, I mean, here's the thing. I think the minions are funny, and I can't help it. Uh, I don't understand what it is about them. I think it's the weird simlish language that's like French and Spanish and gibberish just all mixed together, right? That is just like inherently fun for a little bit, you know? Yeah. I think I think there's a, there's a, there's a point where you're like, okay, I get it. But they're cute. I don't know. It's silly. It's a funny concept. I think we're, we're you know, it's been stretched to its potential... Uh, limits however there is a point where you're like okay 
we, we, we're, we're done, I think, with the minions, you know? Um, yeah. So that was me loading up Rise of Gru, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I have COVID and I watched it while I'm, like, delirious and sick. But, like, I don't know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> you know, like, I had a good enough time. I it's dumb. It's mostly just a bunch of set pieces, and I was really just comparing it to the experience of watching Boss Baby for uh, the Go Bloom season. Yeah. Last year, this is aces compared to Boss Baby. So, like, I'm all here for it. Um, it's very strange. I think there's a lot of extra shit going on in terms of like all the the like stunt casting of the Vicious Six, which I didn't even know. I didn't even bother to look at who any of them are. Yeah, because none of them have more than one or two lines other than Bell Bottom and oh, uh, White Knuckles. Uh, yeah, Alan White Arkin's Knuckles character. Yeah. yeah, Alan Arkin. Yeah, other than the two of them, they just all the other henchmen have like ha ha like. stuff like that where it's like they're not really saying sentences or or like saying lines that you might be like is that Dolph Lundgren is that Danny Trey like you would never (laughs) like what um so that's bananas that they even bothered (laughs) to pay those people for that (laughs) like that they got them to do that I don't know I can't really think of any other illumination studio things off the top of my head is it like Secret Life of Pets or something like that yeah Secret Life of Pets is one of them uh so here's the thing I so I had seen the first Despicable Me I have not seen two and three and I've not seen the first Minions Um, well wait hold on before we do that I was saying that I haven't thought of any, um, I can't really think of any other Illumination things because the title card, it starts with like Illumination Studios, right? And then it's sort of like the Pixar thing or whatever, but a minion comes like crashing, swinging in and crashes into the word Illumination and only the letters left that spell out minion. Uh, and I was like, oh, this whole studio is like a money laundering front for the mini. Like that was the only reason this exists. <laughs> oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, illumination has become, I think one of the most successful animation companies in recent years, you know, largely built on the minions. Uh, absolutely. Right. They spun off the minions, their own thing. I think when you watch any illumination movie, uh, whenever you see the illumination logo, even if it's not a despicable me or minions related thing, there's usually a minion that's part of the logo at the beginning. Incredible. Like, that, that's just part of it. That's their version of the Pixar lamp, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, is this branded so, thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so Secret Life of Pets is Illumination. Uh, the Sing movies are Illumination. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and most recently, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie was Illumination. Oh, interesting. Uh, which also grossed a billion dollars, was huge, obviously. Uh, and they've done a, lo- a lot of other stuff, too. There was the animated Grinch movie uh, a couple years ago with Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch, uh, which is a weird thing where it sounds like oh better to come back playing the grinch great casting he has a great voice for it and then you watch the trailer and he's doing a weird nasally voice that's not his own voice and it's like what did you cast ben into coming back as the grinch for if this is the take yeah <laughs> bizarre super weird um but it all started with the spiggle me it was their first movie uh and it was a big hit and right. uh, it was clear that the minions were kind of the breakout characters in them so they went all in on those uh and so minions became the thing uh, and I have been mostly removed from it. I think I was uh, Despicable Me came out when I was 17 uh, and I was like, ah, I'm a little too old for this. Like right. I, I'm, I'm beyond this. And so I didn't see the first one until a couple of years ago because my girlfriend likes it uh, and she made me watch it one night. And, you know, it's it's fine. It's OK, uh, but I've not seen anything past it uh, until Minions Rise of Gru. Uh, and so this is a whole like series of movies that I just like had no des- no no interest in like yeah. despite liking a lot of the voice actors and all that kind of stuff and honestly most of the illumination stuff that I've seen I'm just like this isn't for me <laughs> like it's it feels very much like a, a pain like you know even more so than 
DreamWorks at like its most base. Like, you know, DreamWorks has like some great films, I think. Yeah. Uh, some really great Kung stuff. Kung Fu Panda 2, for example. Kung, Kung Fu Panda 2 is great. How to Train a Dragon. Great. I uh, love those. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, you know, DreamWorks like had a, a pandering streak that I think every once in a while kind of comes out again, like the shark, t- like Shark Tale or whatever. A, a pandering um, streak. A p- <laughs> Uh, yes, a, a pandaing streak. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It feels like they like pander to kids with like pop culture references oh, and big celebrity voice names and all that kind of stuff. And I think Illumination, it like does that in most of their movies. And like, I, I haven't oh, yeah. seen a, I, I haven't seen a, one of their movies that I'm like, yeah, this is the one. Like they, they haven't had their How to Train Your Dragon where I'm like, this transcends all age groups. Yeah, uh, and no, they're no mostly, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, exactly. And they're, and they're mostly made for, you know, kids under 10. Uh, and that is the thing. But the, here's the thing. Kids under 10 have grown up with the minions and are now, you know, Despicable Me came out in 2010. That was 13 years ago, which means that there's like an entire generation of children who grew up on minions. Uh, and as a result, gentle minions came into being. Oh, is that what that was all about? So, yeah. So I, I did want to talk about this in relation to this movie. Um, but this movie made nine hundred million dollars at the box office, uh, which you know, it doesn't seem crazy uh, considering how big the previous movies had been. Like yeah. Minions 1 had made a billion and stuff. Um, but I think this one was projected to make a lot less because of COVID, because kids' movies haven't been performing that well, all that kind of stuff. And it got pushed back two years and all that. Like, did, has Minions fever finally died down? <laughs> Uh, and then it became like a viral trend on TikTok. I think it started with like some kids in Australia who decided, you know what, we're going to dress up and all go out to the midnight release of the minions. And then people started doing it. And it was a lot of like Gen Z kids who would put on their, you know, finest clothing and go see the minions in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> and it like boosted the box office. And it was a weird thing where I think some people were like, are they doing this like ironically because it's minions and it's kind of dumb. And I think that's an element of it. But I think there is like a sincere, like, no, we grew up on the minions. We love this. Uh, and we're just going to do a weird fun thing for it. <laughs> I think we've all suffered some massive psychic damage, uh, over the last <laughs> five, that is the only years. logical explanation. <laughs> And I can't quite articulate anything more than that, other than that we're all suffering, and uh, maybe the minions are the cure, and that's really it, you know? Uh, it, it could be that, yeah. I mean, you got, you got to think back on, on July 2022, and, uh, you know, I mean, there's a few movies that had been big hits at this point. You had Everything Everywhere, and you have Top Gun Maverick. Like, they're, they're kind Save of the doing movies. that. They saved the movies. The movies are back, baby. Um, but I think you also have to give some credit to the minions. They they <laughs> they brought yeah. people back. And like before this, uh, kids movies had not been doing well. Um, like I can't think of any between twenty twenty and now and this that made nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> you know, no, yeah, uh, and it's especially because at this that point and even now too, we're like the what was that? I can't even remember the last. The name of the most recent Pixar movie. Oh, uh, Elemental. Yeah, right. where we've kind of all been trained for like, oh, whatever, that'll be out on Disney or whatever. That'll be on VOD in two weeks. Yeah. Who cares? You know, especially for kids or families, you know, you got to pay uh, all this money to take all of your kid, your whole family to the movies. Um, just wait and you can pay $20 and see it at home. Kind of yeah. Thing. And Elemental actually ended up like, you know, legging out just enough where it ended up becoming sort of a like a, a minor hit. Oh, really? Um, it, it did, but it, it had like a really bad opening weekend, but it, then it kind of just like kind of kept going, yeah. um, which was which was kind of nice to see. I haven't seen the movie yet. I know it's on Disney Plus now, um, but uh, yeah, there was, you know, t- a year where, you know, Soul went straight to Disney Plus and Turning Red went straight to Disney Plus and Luke, like a lot of Pixar movies, especially. Right. Uh, you know, they would just go straight there. And I know I think Trolls 2 went straight to Peacock or something or it was a premium video on demand. Like, yeah. 
there was uh, which that's uh, when, I, when I talk about DreamWorks pandering streak, it's the Trolls movies. That is basically <laughs> what I'm talking about. I saw the trailer for Trolls three recently and I was like, this sucks. I hate this so much. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the families have been kind of trained to just wait until they're home, like, you know, they're home because it's not a long window anymore. Right. Uh, and so Minions ended up being the one that waited, like they pushed it back uh, two years so they can get a good audience for it. It's It really is the Top Gun Maverick of kids' movies uh, you know, for, that year. <laughs> for all the, the, um, the evil the Minions perpetrate in the movies, uh, metatextually, they're a force for good, <laughs> yeah. you know? Absolutely. So that all said, Minions: The Rise of Gru. I mean, what was your take on it, Mike? Did you like? I mean, you said you kind of, you kind of liked it. Just I, I was kind of into it, right? Yeah, I was kind of into it. It's just dumb. Anything that is, I, I don't. I watched so I watched this, you know, maybe twenty four hours ago. I can't really remember anything that happened to it. It happened within the movie. You're in a COVID fog. I understand. I, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say it's because COVID. Um, but like while it was going on, I was having a fun enough time. I was laughing a little bit. I was chuckling. Uh, anytime I guess Riza called uh, Otto a soul brother, I was like, "This is weird," but I'm kind of into it. <laughs> um, that was silly. When you hear Alan Arkin talk, you're just—he just sounds like the oldest man. Um, <laughs> so, like that alone was like kind of weirdly funny, but also very dark. I don't think I knew that it was his last movie, but I kind of assumed. Yeah. Um, so just with all the timing and stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. It was fun enough. I, I looked at Letterboxd um, and saw that you gave it like one and a half stars <laughs> and it was like, what the hell? And then saw a friend of the show, Solvay, gave it three and a half stars. And I was like, I'm in. I'm in with some, I'm going to ride or die. Minions, the riders of Gru with Solvay. Uh, and I gave it a three. Um, okay. And that might be COVID. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever come back and revisit this and give it a proper reassessment, air quotes. But right now, as of 24 hours ago, I had a fun enough time. And okay. it, it wasn't Boss Baby. So that's like worth two stars alone. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of prefer Boss Baby to uh, you Psycho. You <laughs> madman. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think this movie is, uh, It's. I think it's barely a movie. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Uh, I have no way to refute anything you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, 100% agreed. I, I'm totally with you. Three stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it's gonna be <laughs> you know I, I think it's barely a movie i think uh the minions themselves like i i i'm sort of with you I, I think the minions work as comedic devices yeah uh you know i think they can be funny uh and i think they are pretty funny in that first despicable me movie when they are the side characters to the larger story going on and that's when they pop uh and so to me again having zero context for the rest of this series like i have not watched two or three or the first Minions. Um, I don't know. I think the Minions themselves get kind of grating after a while. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think when you focus a movie that's just on the Minions, that's a lot to just kind of buy in with those characters. I also do think it's weird that like, I don't know, to me, the appeal of spinning off the Minions is that you don't have to do anything with Gru. Right. Uh, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Especially like, in this one, like the Despicable Me movies are, you know, that's supposed to be Gru and his family and he wants to be a super villain and all that kind of stuff. And then the minions are side characters in those theoretically. Again, I haven't seen two and three. I'm guessing they play major roles. <laughs> <laughs> they must be. Look at those movies. I, I'm, I'm guessing they're huge. Um, I feel like the appeal of the first minions is the fact that like, hey, the minions are, you know, unattached from Gru and his family. You can just have the minions run loose. And from what I understand, that's kind of what that movie is. Like it's a prequel that takes place. I think like thousands of years in the past and so, like so I went shows, on the wiki. Okay. So you, you are familiar. You familiarized yourself mostly, uh, with the minions, mostly just with the brief timeline. Cause I was very interested 
you know, and of course there's the whole moral deb- I think mostly spawned by your tweet about the double feature you did when you watched um come and see the most harrowing movie of all time, followed and by I, and <laughs> Rise followed of Crew with minions. Which th- that might be why I rated this movie so low. hundred percent. The heights total like the possibility. Pure heights of artistic cinema and then Rise of Gru. So I was like, they must they have to acknowledge this, right? They like they the whole minions whole thing is that they serve the most evil person in the world at any given time, right? That's like the whole shtick. Or they're always seeking to have a boss, right? Um, yeah. And so apparently Minions, the first one, they, they're they depicted as um, like bumbling idiots and they always accidentally kill their boss. So like they serve the T-Rex in prehistoric times and push him into a volcano. And they get to Napoleon. I get, I'm, ass- I'm assuming it's just like a montage. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. They serve Napoleon. He suffers his defeat in Russia. And they're so ashamed at their long history of failing their bosses. They go into hiding until 1968. <laughs> and I can't imagine why. <laughs> so <laughs> why they had to specify a date in the 60s for when they come back into hiding. Um, like, don't I, worry, the minions did not cause the Holocaust. They did not cause the Holocaust. <laughs> but they don't acknowledge any of the other, you know. And the other stuff that they might have uh, served in the 60s. Um, but so they don't cause the Holocaust. They come back in the 60s and then I guess find Gru in the 70s at the end of that or the begin- whatever. I don't really know. Right. Yeah. But I, uh, I know that I, I know just, that movie ends with them meeting Gru, right? Yeah. It just and it just specified like following their Napoleon's defeat. They go into hiding until 1968. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> incredible. <laughs> um, but they don't, you know, so I guess he's been serving Gru uh, and, and not the Al-Qaeda or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how they, I don't know when these movies in the modern set, uh, despicable me when they take place, but yeah, uh, well, I, I figure, you know, since this is grew growing up in the seventies, I'm sure the modern ones are just present day, right? It's still like grew. Yeah. So, so I guess in 2010, like, you know, uh, maybe may in this universe, nine 11 didn't happen. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> you know? um, so yeah, I think that's absolutely hilarious that you absolutely know somebody was in a pitch meeting, like, fuck, we got to figure out what they're doing during the world war two. <laughs> Somebody is talking about it. Yes. Uh, yeah, 100%. That that conversation absolutely happened, and uh, I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, so I like kind of what I was saying is that, you know, the minions, I feel like the appeal of spinning them off into their own movies, you can be unattached from any of the Gru stuff, and you can right. just have the minions running wild. You can be hanging uh, out with Napoleon. Yeah, hanging out with Napoleon. I mean, I could see a version of this series uh, <laughs> where just like, you know, every movie is the minions – uh, messing up the evil plans of some like would be dictator, right? Like, right. <laughs> like that, that could be a pretty fun series. <laughs> <laughs> just recreate like doing gladiator, but with minions, <laughs> just yes. like doing historical dramas. <laughs> Uh, and then instead they kind of just like kind of weave back into the despicable main movies. And so now you're seeing the rise of Gru and you're seeing Gru as a child and how the minions kind of helped him, uh, get to where he is, uh, in the actual despicable main movies. Um, so I don't know. I, I found, I found that to be a little weird. Like, I feel like if that, if you're going to do that, then it's like, well now like half this movie is about Gru and half of it's about the minions. Yeah. Uh, and I do think the minions work best as side characters, but they're really more like, co-leads of this movie <laughs> along with Gru and it kind of feels like you can kind of just do away with Gru just gonna just go all in on the minions if you're gonna go all in you know yeah yeah it definitely splits the narrative like literally separates them the two like a classic sequel yeah. <laughs> like the so, Empire Strikes Back of Minions films <laughs> yeah absolutely Gru's kidnapped and the minions have to go save him kind of thing um which is whatever but you know honestly it just comes down to I'm gonna steal this this was I think one of the uh, letterbox reviews that I saw which was just Put the minions in a wig, 
and it's funny. <laughs> like, <that's>, you know, <laughs> the minions disguising themselves as humans. C- comedic gold. I don't know. That whole, sure. that whole sequence when they're uh, trying to get the flight to San Francisco, so they, like, disguise themselves as pilots and a f- flight attendant. That you is know? pretty funny. I mean, That's I, I all do, great. I did enjoy that. I, I think you know, the minions, like, like, like I said, maybe better as side characters, but also at their best when you kind of just let them be their, like, anarchic Looney Tunes selves, yes. sort of, yeah. you know? Absolutely, yeah. When they're trying to do like dramatic moments and stuff, it's like, what is going on? Yeah, um, why are we but, doing this? <laughs> yeah, why are we doing this? But they do undercut it. There's that one scene in particular, the flashback when <laughs> um, the minions like find Gru, and they're like, he's they're trying to convince him to uh, let him inside and be his minions, and he they're like out in the rain and it's thunder and lightning and cry. They're all crying, yeah. and, he, and then they like cut to the guy standing next to the window with a hose, <laughs> spraying down all the minions. Uh, so it looks like it's raining out. I don't know. It's weird that they tease banana a bunch of st- times in this movie, <laughs> but don't ever actually say banana, <laughs> right? That, that is a little weird. Yeah. I mean, do they never actually say banana in the movie? I don't think so. I can't remember. They go to like the world's largest banana. Uh, there's a couple other things. Then the, the the casket full of bananas at the end. Right. Yeah. But I don't think anybody ever says banana. It's like kind of like set in Han Solo, like, you know? Like, yeah, well, that's... The, so because this is a prequel... It's so weird. It, it does a lot of those, like, prequely things where it's, like, setting up the things later. Um, but because I only have, like, vague memories of the first one, they weren't really landing for me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so there, there, I did have a moment watching the movie where I was like, oh, okay, Wild Knuckles is gonna be the old man from the old from the first stick on me like Gru's mentor in that movie like the guy who works with Gru to do the moon like I I see what's going on here uh and then that's not what happens and it turns out that's Dr. Nefario and his name has always been Dr. Nefario and I just didn't remember that yeah I didn't remember that at all honestly uh, and also explains why Russell Brand was in this movie because it's like well he's been in it since 2010 <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess you know? yeah I guess bring him back yeah you know I mean that, that obviously like he was cast in this before all the allegations came out um but it's also like a thing where like Russell Brand's not getting cast in movies anymore. Why is he in Minions too? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> and especially if they recorded it years before it released, right? If it was delayed from 2020 sure. and all that stuff, it's even, even further away from whenever he might've been relevant. It is, <laughs> yeah. it was strange to, um, you know, watch the opening credits, like literally, I think two days after all those allegations dropped and it's like Russell Brand. Like, yeah, oh, it's, like, no. it's like, it's like when we watch Crashing Tiger 2 and the Weinstein Company's logo showed yeah. up. We're like, hey, like a jump scare. Uh, yeah. The yeah. opening credits. <laughs> uh, yeah. That said, actually, the opening credits, I think the best part of the movie It's like a like a James Bond esque uh, kind of parody uh, with the minions flopping around. So that Pretty was good. when that happened. I uh, I was like, I got to know what Mike Smith thought about this movie. <laughs> like, just from the, <laughs> the opening credits is when I went to Letterboxd and saw you had given it 1.5 stars. And I was like, nah. <laughs> um, and I didn't let that sway my enjoyment of the film, Mike. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you got more enjoyment out of the Minions than I did. Like I said, I, I enjoyed elements of it. I just don't think it holds together as a movie at all. No. Uh, and I think the energy that the Minions do have, like, lasts, like, maybe, like, interspersed like maybe 10 minutes throughout this 90 minute movie it is short it is 87 minutes thank god there's that uh which is nice uh but you know we haven't even talked about this yet michelle (laughs) yo she's in the movie mike (laughs) she is in the movie barely though i think um yeah i mean i based on the trailers i thought that she was going to be in a lot more of it um except i i specifically remember seeing her in the trailer like obviously not like hearing her voice but like seeing her character yeah uh, and doing the whole thing with the acupuncture and like moving the needles around the guy's body to make it slap the minions and all that kind of stuff, which is a funny physical comedy bit. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. To, to rack a him via 
yeah. acupuncture needles. <laughs> um, yes. And yeah, I watched this movie also uh, 12 hours after I watched Audition, uh, Audition the Takashi Miike okay. <laughs> movie. So lots so you, of- You had your own weird uh, double feature here. <laughs> yeah, well, not double feature, but just lots of weird acupuncture needle crossover between <laughs> very, okay. two different ends of a spectrum there. You know, I've actually never seen Audition. Well, uh, And uh, I, I did buy the Blu-ray a while back. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but add it to your list. <laughs> Add it to the God. All right. If you want, I don't know. <laughs> I do want to, but I don't know if I want to torture you with it. But I, but I will. Yeah. So she's barely in this movie, and she, it, I don't. Yeah, her character. I do remember in the trailer, you know, it being portrayed as like a major plot point that the minions, well, not whatever major plot point, air quotes for the minions movie, but uh, right. Like they have to learn kung fu to save crew and all this stuff, and it it seems like it'd be the whole back half of the movie or whatever. Um, it's like a ten minute sequence set piece yeah, they, they, they have a little montage they do some things uh they have a little crouching tiger sequence with the ju- where you see michelle yo's character jump through the trees which is kind of a fun reference yeah. uh and also also weirdly there's no way this could have been on purpose but there is a rock with googly eyes uh in I, the movie there is uh, a, a weird connection to everything everywhere all at once <laughs> yeah you're right and yeah i guess timing wise whenever they would have made this movie I don't know if that could have no, because they came out within two months of each other. So yeah, there's no way. Yeah, there's there's no way that was a deliberate reference, but still, pretty fun coincidence. That pretty the, fun that, coincidence that yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think of her performance in the movie, Mike? I mean, what what do you think of uh, her vo- her voice role here? Um, she's fine. I think it's it's more fun, sort of just for us in like a meta way. Like, oh, that's Michelle Yeoh, rather than this being like anything cool or stand out as far as within the context yeah. of the movie. I think she's doing good. It's cool. You know, I don't know. It's cool to see Michelle Yeoh get to do another one of these sort of mentor teacher kung fu things, I guess, which I guess we haven't seen much of the kung fu teacher thing, but like the position of authority or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. There's not really a ton there other than just like, is Michelle Yeoh, they're sort of just referencing her again. Um, like the the sequence in Everything Everywhere All at Once where she just becomes Michelle Yeoh in the real world Uh, and she becomes their teacher. And um, it's kind of funny, you know? I don't know. The minions are bad at doing anything. And and she's very strict about it. And she's slapping them with a stick and stuff. Yeah. you get it. <laughs> yeah. And they're doing the karate kid, you know, the posing on the thing and, you know, all, all that stuff. Uh, and then her advice. I mean, it's it, there is a funny moment like when she's like, OK, you are ready. Or she said she says something like something like you are ready. And the minions like, all right, we're ready. And they like disappear. And it's like, no, you are your your training is ready for today. There's still so much more we have to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that that's pretty funny. And but I do like that, uh, you know, her advice kind of comes in at a critical moment in the climax of the movie when like they remember at whatever whatever it was she said. Uh, I, find I your inner movie, beast. Find your inner beast. I watched this movie a week ago and it's it's evaporated from my mind. <laughs> yes, I do. There is a really funny beat to that later on in the movie when they're having that big, big square off where it's Wild Knuckles versus uh, the the vicious six. And they've like all transformed into the um, animals from the Zodiac. Right. You know, oh, yes. Like dragon yeah. and the bull and all that stuff. Uh, and yeah, they're like, it's, and it's like a Chinese New Year that that's, that's yes. happening, right? Yeah, they're like, she's bell bottoms, like, yeah, well, you and what army? And then it's like the minions that are like a chicken and a rabbit, <laughs> like, and he's like, I guess this army. And then they all square off, and it's just kind of silly Looney Tune shit from there. And that's that's that was fun. Yes, um, I, I did have a qu- like, there's one moment where a minion turns into a chicken. Uh, and yeah. and then it hatches another minion chicken. Like it an hatches egg. an egg, an egg that hatches and it becomes a, a and it, there's a minion chicken inside. And I'm wondering if that just turned back into a regular minion uh, if or whatever, because I don't remember like a minion chicken in Despicable Me. 
<laughs> no, I don't remember that either. And I saw one Letterboxd review or whatever that was like, it's nice that the minions are all non-binary <laughs> um, because they're all like have male or at least like Kevin and Bob, like the main ones and Otto and right, like the ones that are like actually named yeah. have male names. Uh, but then that one turns into a chicken and lays an egg. So it must be a, a f- female feminine parts, I guess. I, I, don't, I guess. I, I guess. Know. Non-binary. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is hilarious. Uh, and yeah, I think there's a lot of, thing it's sort of like cars you know like don't let's not don't unpack any of this yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not think too hard about it 100 percent. uh how do you think this fits into the roles we've seen michelle Yeoh play so far mike well definitely they're like overtly referencing of course uh crashing tiger like you said and i can't remember the one movie that the mummy indiana jones thing oh uh the touch the touch you yep. got the touch that one <laughs> that one yeah that's that was produced by her company um because this is about the vicious six, uh, you know, stealing like an ancient Asian artifact oh, to control yeah. evil. And it's this kind of treasure hunt thing. So maybe think of that. It has, a, it's, it's a, got ten, five minutes of that, uh, in the beginning of this movie when the vicious six go and steal that thing, steal the artifact. And then it's not about that at all. <laughs> but right. maybe think of that. And, uh, yeah, Kung Fu Panda, of course. And the other voice roles we've seen from, from yo, well, I think that is the only other voice role I've one? seen from uh, Michelle Yeoh so far. Just Kung Fu Panda 2 and now this. I think you're right. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. Um, we got so, some yeah, more coming up, I think. Uh, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, next week. We have, <laughs> we next have week? one coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Unless unless uh, the retirement plan's out already, I don't know. But uh, we'll, <laughs> well, most likely next week, yeah, it's another Michelle Yeoh voice role, which, which I think, yeah, obviously Kung Fu Panda 2 um, is kind of what I think of here. But also, I think this sort of feels like Post Crazy Rich Asians, Michelle Yeoh's star, like, you know, she was one of the like the main highlights of that movie. Like the thing that people kept talking about the most after Crazy Rich Asians was how good Michelle Yeoh was in it. Uh, and so I think her her star power increased a lot in uh, in American cinema and Hollywood. Uh, and so as a result, it's like, hey, I'm going to jump onto a lot of things that uh, will capitalize on my name yeah. uh, and make a lot of money doing very easy work. <laughs> and uh, I think Minions 2 and next week's movie uh, both fall into that category. Um, we, we stand a uh, paid queen. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get that paycheck. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about it. I mean, this year, 2022, she is in everything ever all at once, um, which, you know, smaller independent movie uh, that ends up, you know, but breaking out big wins this picture at the Oscars, uh, but also in Minions Rise of Gru, which grossed almost a billion dollars at the box office. So, yeah, doing great. Hope she's got points, you know? <laughs> yes, hopefully. <laughs> uh, so any other scenes in Minions Rise of Gru that uh, you want to bring attention to, Mike? I did want to give a shout out to the fact that I did enjoy that it takes place in 1976. And it and it, the movie does like have, like you know, a lot of references to 70s stuff and kind of does does some work to kind of make it feel like it takes place in the 70s. Uh, and my I think my favorite thing is that uh, Gru and the Minions go to the theater to go watch Jaws. Uh, and that yeah. was fun. And they release a fart bomb and get everybody out of the theaters. So they can watch it on their own. <laughs> <laughs> and they go watch Jaws. Yeah, that's great. Good for them. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't even think of that, that it's it's a um, universal property or subsidiary or whatever, however, whatever that shit is with illumination. Yeah. So, like, they can just play the footage from Jaws in the movie. I was like, how'd they get away with that? I mean, you hear the audio of it. All the music and disco and the funk and all that stuff is pretty funny. Was it, is it Shining Star it starts with or whatever the... Uh, I, think it does, I think it does start with Shining Star, yeah. And there's a moment when uh, he's leaving the record store um, because it's... Uh, like, the record store is also the evil villain's, like, lair. Like criminal the, records. Like, yeah, criminal records is pretty good. Uh, and somebody... He's, like, escaping it because he stole the thing from the Vicious Six. And it's like, oh, Frampton comes alive. Great record. Yeah, like, I don't know. Just... <laughs> Fun reference. 
Yeah, and, and they're like, you're you're up to no good or you're no good, I think, is the like passphrase. Uh, oh, it's yeah. like the Linda Ronstadt single, <laughs> you're no good, is like the, the, the thing he gives him to go listen to in the booth. Let's see, what else? What other Minions-specific things are fun? I like when they're... Uh, when they're getting chased by the henchmen and uh, Otto or whatever, one of them trips and is like, because they're, they're cylinders <laughs> and yeah. rolls all the way down the hill. <laughs> and then the other ones are just like, oh, yeah. And they just like ragdoll themselves <laughs> and uh, take off. <laughs> I don't know. When they do the loony, when they lean into the Looney Tunes stuff, that's yes. fun. Like the Bugs Bunny in a dress, like, well, like that kind of thing with the minions and wigs. It's inherently funny. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I did enjoy all that stuff. Uh, also, I enjoyed that uh, a lot of this took place in San Francisco. I don't know. Yeah. It was a, uh, which, hey, you know, shout out Shang-Chi. Also kind of a, a connection back to that movie. And also, weirdly, um, I, I did not intend for this to happen, but I, I watched Minions Rise of Gru as part of like a mini movie day I had for myself. And I say mini movie day. I watched four movies like in a row. Okay. Um, and the first one was Come and See. <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, as you know, and then I followed it up with Minions Rise of Gru. Uh, and then the next two movies I watched, if I if if only come and see also did this, but it doesn't. But I, I ended it up was doing set in San Francisco in the 70s. Yeah, I accidentally did a San Francisco triple feature. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I watched the Minions Rise of Gru. Uh, and then I watched Star Trek for the voyage home. <laughs> okay. And then I watched, uh, the game, David Fincher's the game, all three movies, uh, which take place in San Francisco. And, uh, like when I, when I started up Star Trek four, I was like, Oh, Hey, San Francisco, just like in minions. That's weird. And then when I started watching the game. I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, it's just like, I mean, San Francisco, I think is a, I mean, I've been there once. It's a cool city. And I think it's a uniquely cinematic city in that it's all uphill. Yeah. Uh, and so I think by setting it in that, like placing it in that setting, you have like, you know, these very slanted angles and you get, you have a good environment to do kind of runaway car chases and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's also a city that you don't see on film as often as like Los Angeles or New York. So it's like, Oh, it was, it's, it was just a weird coincidence that it was San Francisco, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. More movies should be set in different places. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> It's cool to see stuff be a little unique. I mean, I guess it's an animated movie, whatever. San Francisco's just got a weird, a weird vibe to it. You know, it's a strange place. Yeah, absolutely. Have you have you been to San Francisco, Mike? I have been to San Francisco. I think only once. I don't okay. remember. I, I've been there once. I was there for Warp Tour a couple of years ago. Nice. Uh, the the final Warp Tour, the 25th anniversary, like kind of end end of end of an era Warp Tour thing. Uh, and so I was mostly at the concert, um, but there was a. Uh, a couple of hours where me and my friend were like, Oh, we'll go see city hall. Then like, then, Oh, we can like, there's a place like, you know, three quarters of a mile away. Uh, that is like, you know, it's, it's a burger place. We can get some food, whatever. Uh, and it was the most strenuous walk I've ever had in my entire Is it just uphill the whole time? Yeah, it was uphill the entire time and like a, a really steep hill. Yeah. Uh, but that's just how the city is, you know? Uh, and I remember like not really expecting that and being like, yeah, I guess we should have Ubered like a mile yeah. <laughs> to, to, to get to this place. Um, but we didn't, we ended up doing the most strenuous walk of my entire life. <laughs> you must've been so hungry. Good thing you went. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, all right. Any other scenes, Mike, in, uh, in minions rise of group before we start wrapping this up? I will be already talked about the, I think the, the standout like comedic scene is the minions flying the plane to San Francisco. Yeah, that is a good scene. I did enjoy the minions flying the plane. Um, and I forget what song, right. One of them's like trying to actually, uh, they, they, uh, it felt like a, 
Catch Me If You Can reference when they like are walking through the terminal with in the all dressed up like pilots and stuff. I don't know. And one of them's actually trying to read the manual, and the other one's like Pasha or whatever he says in uh, <laughs> Minion, I guess. Yeah, in the weird in the weird Minion language, like you said, is like a combination of gibberish, Spanish, and French. <laughs> yeah, and then just starts rolling around <laughs> on all the buttons and switches uh, <laughs> and singing. Uh, I forget what song that is. Uh, some classical song. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it just like hits the button and they launch and take off and it's this insane like vertical <laughs> thing. They're flying all over corkscrewing and stuff. And all that's very fun and silly. I, I enjoyed that. Yes, I, I enjoy that scene too. I, I was probably too harsh with one and a half, but I wouldn't go any higher than two, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I did want to mention the end of the movie as well, um, where they defeat the Vicious Six after the Vicious Six has been turned into all these like dragons and monsters and stuff. Right. And, uh, and then they finally defeat them uh, and Wild Knuckles uh, seems to die. Uh, and they go to Wild Knuckles' funeral, and Gru is <laughs> speaking at the funeral. And all the minions um, ha- are doing like a chorus of uh, You Can't Always Go What You Want by the Rolling Stones. But in the minion language. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, which is pretty funny. I did enjoy that. That is great. There is a lot. They do that a lot. in it. And I think this is um, sort of what you were talking about before, the like pandering stuff, where it's like, we're just going to directly do something from pop culture like Shrek is going to sing smash mouth or whatever, you know, it's like, (laughs) that's uh, DreamWorks obviously, but that kind of effect where it's like, this is, this is, they're referencing a thing I know directly in this world. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, weirdly, and I don't know if this is just me, it feels more fine when it's something that's like 40 years old. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I I think you're correct. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like when, like one of my issues, I have not watched the sing movies, um, but like, Mm You know, those movies are like, oh, and now we're like, it's all these like famous people that, you know, singing the hits of who, who's the most recent artist I can think of Post Malone or whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I almost said T.I. And I was like, he hasn't had a hit in like 15 years. What? <laughs> what a weird pull for you to have made. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. Isn't isn't Justin Timberlake? Oh, no, he's in the Trolls movies, I think. right? He's in the Trolls movies, which are the same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. And uh, that's the, the Trolls movies are what originated the song. Uh, Can't stop the feeling, I think. I which is a right. song I truly hate. <laughs> really you just hate can't that one. That feeling. Yeah, I really, really hate that. I can't stop that feeling. You're right. Also, <laughs> actually, but I think the first Minions, I'm pretty sure it was the first Minions that had the, the Pharrell song Happy. Is that, that Minions? I think it's either Minions or Despicable Me Too. It's one of those. Uh, also a song I really can't stand. <laughs> that song was on the loop uh, at FYE, um, the music loop, yeah. which for those of you who have never worked at a, at a uh, retail store with a corporate designated music thing yeah you think they might give you two hours you know like nah nah you get they give you like 45 minutes maybe. give them 45 minutes and make them suffer <laughs> um yeah and happy was on there and i wanted to die that yeah from despicable me to 2014 yeah the there frank. it is it, it comes from this franchise uh so there's that yeah happy sucks not a fan of that song uh i also worked at fye around the same time as you did uh and so i also had those music loops uh yeah. but i worked there during christmas time like i was a seasonal employee Nothing uh, worse. and well so it was mostly like the christmas songs that you can't stand hearing over and over again but the loop did include christmas and Hollis by run dmc yeah which is a song i'll never get tired of so every 45 minutes i was just i was completely useless to anybody yeah. <laughs> working there because i was like just going to myself it's christmas time in hollis queens (laughs) the the best and worst time was the summer loop because it had all bangers it was great music 
Yeah. Um, but they would give you one loop for the summer. Normally it would be once a month, you'd get a new CD and it'd be a new loop. But for yeah. the summer, you got one in May, play it till September, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the worst. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I feel like we're off of the minions at this point, Mike. Uh, should we start wrapping this up? I think we're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, minions, Rise of Gru. You know, it, it, I, I the minions are not for me. That's the thing. <laughs> that, that is my takeaway. I begrudge no one their love for the minions, and I think I I will enjoy. I would enjoy them more in smaller doses. Um, but watching a full movie of just the minions, and also watching Gru rise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me, me, and Solvay will stay minion strong. Yeah, there you go. Hashtag minion strong. Uh, I do have some letterbox reviews okay. uh, for Minions: The Rise of Gru. Uh, here's a two star review from Brody. This movie starring Michelle Yeoh features a subplot about a rock with googly eyes. Coincidence? I think not. Whoa. There it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, here's a three-star review from Cinema Joe. I told myself that if Minions Rise of Gru made me laugh, I would not be able to give this movie less than three stars. <laughs> it made me laugh in the opening credits. Sure, the movie's at times overwhelmingly chaotic with a paper-thin plot, but there's genuine moments of hilarity that I ultimately didn't hate my time with the movie. In a world where Netflix puts out Marmaduke, I happily embrace Minions' Rise of Gru. <laughs> what a weird dig at Marmaduke to me. Yes, that, that is a weird one. Although I think... Um, so I, when I saw that, I was like, oh... Marmaduke, the movie from like 2010, uh, like <laughs> Owen Wilson played Marmaduke. But no, I think Netflix actually released like an animated Marmaduke movie like last year as well. You know what? I also thought of that Owen Wilson movie when you said that. And that, yeah. uh, I think just shows our age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neither of us saw Marmaduke, I assume, right? <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not see that either. That was also same year as typical of me. I was a little too old to go see Marmaduke. <laughs> Fair. Uh, here's a two star review from Zed. I have never seen an audience so emotionally invested in a movie until the whole crowd started jumping up and down, screaming and applauding after the minions successfully land a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have been like the, the last act of triple R just ripping yeah. the seats out of the floor, <laughs> just going insane. This is, this is the Gen Z version of triple R. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Uh, here's a one and a half star review from a haunted hippie. I may never recover from the amount of minion ass I've seen on this day. <laughs> <laughs> there is naked minion in this. There, there's weird. a lot of a lot of nude minions, which I think is a staple of the Despicable Me series. I feel like that happens a lot throughout the movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, and finally, I got one more. It's a two star review from Filbert Die. I do not know how to review this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know if I should write about it at all. I can tell you that I saw it and it defies whatever conventions one might have about what is good and what is bad. <laughs> there is only minions and they are yellow, indestructible, and they kind of speak Spanish. At one point in this movie, they are being taught Kung Fu by a character voiced by Michelle Yeoh. At another point, one of them is turned into a rooster. <laughs> it could be noted this rooster lays eggs and that is not what roosters do. But why would you note that? <laughs> Why would you consume that mental space by pointing out that roosters don't lay eggs? It's the minions, and they will be the subject of terrible Facebook memes for decades to come. It's the minions, and they don't care if you like them or hate them. They've already breached the collective psyche of this terrible world, and they are inevitable. Banana? Banana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy gets it. Yeah, I, I think uh, he has fully, he has become fully minion-pilled, uh, as it were. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? They are pill shaped. So I think you're that, onto something there. Also a good point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, I think that's going to take us to the end of our review of Minions, The Rise of Gru's Mike D. Where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can also find me at mdfilmblog.bsky.social on Blue Sky. Uh, if you'd like to donate and support the show, you can do that on our Kofi page, which is kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And you can also buy merch on our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods Yes, it is. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram, uh, and msmithfilmblog.bsky.social on Blue Sky as well. Uh, thank you for listening to the Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decree Show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod. That's W R K S, no O in the word works. And you can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach your own podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. And our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Guard on Twitter. Now join us in the next week on The Complete Works. We're talking another Michelle Yeoh voice role. And this one, weirdly a kid-friendly remake of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> um, uh, I, I keep hearing that. And I know that was like the goal and all that stuff, but I don't, I'm, I'm so interested yeah i can tell you i I weirdly was aware of this movie existing years ago like this this movie was in development hell for a long time and i believe it was originally called blazing samurai um but ultimately it got released as pause of fury the legend of hank (laughs) i've been secretly also waiting for this episode uh just to see what the hell this is (laughs) and i hope it becomes my personality i want to be the legend of hank guy I hope I have a, a similar reaction at baseline to Rise of Gru. Yeah. <laughs> I, Just you know, going all in, constantly standing, uh, Legend of Hank on Twitter. Yeah, move over <laughs> Shaolin Popey 2, Messy Temple. It's where a Legend of Hank podcast now. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully that happens. Next week we'll find out. Uh, remember to check out our other podcast, Mike might go to the movies uh, for all kinds of other movie-related stuff, including recent releases, ranked lists, general discussions, and a lot more. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for taking it, yo. Yo.